0: Hello, I'm Pastor Isaac. Welcome to church. Welcome to what is week five in our Discovering Joy series. Uh, We're in the book of Philippians chapter two. We'll open it in just a moment, but let's get a bit of context. Paul is exploring what it means to conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. And I hope you'll see that a life worthy of the gospel of Christ is a life worthy with cause for joy. Let's see how we go with PowerPoint. Dylan's going to help me out in a moment. So today, we're going to be asking the question, what are you looking for to complete your joy? Today's Bible passage, it's this incredible backstage pass into God's plan for us, and it all hinges on Jesus. In our time together, come with me to explore Jesus, and I hope that you will discover in Jesus there is complete joy. So whatever your search for joy, Paul is going to give us three insights to complete our joy from the gospel of Christ. So here's uh, the structure of our time together. We're going to be looking at completed joy from the example of Christ. And we've got three points. Embracing the mindset of Christ. Imitating the obedience of Christ. And celebrating Christ as Lord. Everyone benefits from a joy that endures the struggles, the suffering, and the sinfulness of the daily grind of life. And Paul finds this joy in Christ. My hope is that you will be encouraged, that you will be energized, and that you will be empowered with a joy that stems from commitment to Christ. How are we doing? Hey, for those that know that movie. Okay, let us commit our time to God in prayer, and then we'll read Philippians 2, 1 to 11. Heavenly Father, guide us through your spirit in our time together. Let us have hearts to feel, minds to think, hands to do what you reveal to us today. And Lord, I ask that you will give me your mouth to speak your truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Have your Bibles open. We're in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. We'll be reading, Um, and you'll see a bit of how my mind ticks um, with the way that the passage is arranged on screen. Let us read. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy... Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, and being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves." Which are you in this image? We have our two painters. The average Australian is more likely to notice the negative. We're more likely to paint the jail bars than the glorious view behind them. Uh, The negative, it catches our attention. It's actually why news outlets and other media, it always will go for the negative story. It's more likely to keep our attention, and so they can sell you some ads. We have a mindset problem. And the issue, it's much deeper than simply a positive or negative view. We have a sin problem. We have all at some point lived the lie that we can know better than God. Paul responds to this problem with a command, and very interestingly, a song, a testament to the impact of song long before Disney musicals became all we got to listen to. The Bible is a creative book. And the command, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. This is a command for the church that gets at the core of what it means to be Christian. We are commanded to embrace the same mindset, of Christ. And I love that phrase which is yours in Christ Jesus. As a Christian, the same mindset of Christ it belongs to you. It is key to your identity. It is part of the gift of salvation for you to enjoy. To explore but also to own. And yes, Christ is the example of this mindset, but I don't want you to get some, some passive, powerless picture as if Christ is just something from the past. Uh, by way of example, the Mona Lisa is a great old example of how to paint. But for me to copy it as an example would probably look something more like this. We shall see in verses uh, particularly 9 to 11 that Jesus reigns as Lord. Jesus is active today through his Holy Spirit, guiding us, transforming us more into the mindset of Christ. So we must embrace the same mindset of Christ, but we do this with the active help of the Holy Spirit. We look back to his example. But we do so with the Holy Spirit with us now. And our result will be a bit clearer than that. So in Paul's words back in Philippians uh, 1 to 6, I'm sure of this, that he who began a work anew will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. We strive, but Christ still does the work. And so... What does the mindset of Christ look like? This is shown uh, by our song. Verses 6. Who, though he, we're talking about Jesus, was in the form of God. Now, I want you to just pause and grasp the magnitude of that statement Jesus is God. It's either the most incredible truth or the greatest heresy that has ever been proclaimed. This claims that a man, Jesus, is equal with God. And it's a statement you just can't leave there. It demands a response. It's a claim not just about Jesus. It's a claim about the very nature and character of God. And in it is is that truth that as God, everything exists for Jesus' advantage But we see what Jesus does with his supreme status. Consider the mindset. The verse continues on. He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. Jesus, he lets go. He empties himself. All the glory, all the worship, the prestige rightly due to Jesus, these rights he leaves behind. At a previous youth group, uh, a a youth fell over and he mildly injured himself. Uh, A dad came over to help and I got about halfway through explaining some first aid steps before it clicked. I stopped and said, Dr. Kenny, You know what you're doing. You've got it from here. (laughs) He was a very gracious and humble servant in that moment. A humble mindset shown through his actions. Jesus goes from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, coming not with the glory of God, but rather emptying himself to the point of humility, of being a lowly servant. Jesus, he doesn't hold on to any privilege or right that is rightly due to him. We are commanded to have, to embrace this same humble mindset. And this is not a mindset that comes naturally. I want to cling on to any privilege, to defend my rights. And I wonder the connection between this and our desire for joy? Do we believe, do we practice the belief that if I keep all my privileges, if I get all my rights, then my life will be comfortable and I will have joy? Are my rights and privileges the way to complete joy? Consider the mindset of Christ and of his servants like Paul. Paul, in his letter, uh, he's in chains under the threat of impending execution. But he keeps Christ's mindset. We saw it in chapter 1 and we hear it again uh, in chapter 2 here. Christ's mindset results in joy. I will rejoice. To live is Christ. To die is gain. Philippians 1.21. Verse 2 here. Complete my joy. By being of the same mind having the same love and being in full accord of one mind that's christ's mind paul's joy is completed by the unity of the church the strength of the common unity sorry the common unity the community in christ's mindset paul's joy comes not from comfortable access to privileges and rights it stems from the mindset of christ But he also looks to his church to see this in practice among us. He looks to the church to be his source of joy in some sense as they seek to complete, seek to have the mindset of Christ. And we can't go past the example of Jesus himself. I love how Hebrews 12 verse 2 puts it. It puts it so well. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured a vacation holiday in the Maldives. No, it's for the joy set before him enjoyed freedom of speech and acts. It wasn't that either. It was for the joy set before him endured the cross. On the cross were no privileges or rights for Jesus. But for Jesus, there was cause for joy, a completeness to his joy that continued through struggle, through suffering, and through our sinfulness. Look with me at verse 8 in our song in Philippians to gain more of an insight into his cause for joy. Now, I have a brain that likes neat diagrams, step-by-step action plans. I I like the idea of, say, uh, step one, humble mindset, step two, an obedient action, step three, experience joy. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Who else resonates with nice, systematised approaches? It's neat, But in reality, our experience is far more connected. Mindset, action, and the resulting experiences of joy are all interconnected. They mutually support one another in dynamic ways. So let's reread verse 8. And being found in human form, he, that is Jesus, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Again, my linear brain, it finds that middle verse, part of the verse, very fascinating. Humility and obedience, they're married together. The two can't be separated into neat little steps, humbled by becoming obedient. They feed one another. and. It tells us that a humble mindset of Christ isn't just a way of thinking to try out. In an age of many different philosophies, that's an important point. To embrace the mindset of Christ is to embrace imitating his obedience to God the Father. I have the privilege of working across many generations, and I love seeing the strength of each generation. At the risk of generalising a generation, our current youth, they have strength in feeling. They are quick to experience the emotion of a situation. Uh, Their parents, or our parents by contrast, they're great doers. Parents know how to fit a lot into a day. Our grandparents are thinkers. They have strength in knowing the why behind their action and emotion. Now, of course, all generations do think, they do, and they feel, but I do see these generalized trends. And I love that in Jesus we see strength in all three. Jesus was a feeler. He wept, he rejoiced, he felt the anguish of suffering. Read his prayers in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was a doer. Read the gospel accounts. He fits a lot into his few short years of ministry. I like how John concludes his gospel. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Jesus was resolute in his mission. He knew what he was there to do. He was resolute in obedience every step on earth that he took was a step closer to his death on the cross obedience empowered by a certainty of why and I love how worship it brings together it brings together our emotions our actions our intention in worship we think we do and we feel And we'll do well to learn from the strengths of each generation, to learn from one another as we unite together our mindset and our obedience like we see in Christ. I love what fuels this mindset and obedience. Jesus' relationship of trust and faith in God fuels his mindset his obedience, and his joy. Jesus can forfeit his rights because his confidence is in the God who upholds them, not in the rights themselves. Jesus can face death, even death on a cross, because his confidence is in God, the giver of life. Jesus can do all of this with joy because God is the source of his joy, not his circumstances. We can all grow in our embracing the mindsets of Christ and in our imitation of Christ's obedience. And as we do grow in these areas, our joy will move closer to completion. But let me suggest to you, your joy will be deeper, not because you got it right, but because your relationship with God will be deeper, more trusting, more intimate, more satisfying. Let me give you an example from the last two weeks. Uh, there's a bit of a backstory. Uh, my best man James, um, he and I, we, we exist in this discipleship relationship together. We're running partners. He's a source of accountability, of prayer and encouragement. And he set for me the challenge to be devotionally in God's word every day. And then you provide a very simple tool for accountability. It's just like, let's send each other our verse from the day and maybe some reflection on it. And I love that engaging with the Bible can be as creative or as uncreative as suits your personality. Just get God's word involved. In the last two weeks, I got to share this simple tool in a conversation with Mitch. So we've been sending one another Bible verses. Now for the full circle moment of the story. Mitch doesn't know this part. Uh, James was away in uh, the middle of nowhere. He was doing some FIFO engineering work. So Mitch sends through his, his Bible verses of the day and with some reflection, which, which gets passed on to James. And here was James's response. God is awesome. It's no coincidence that these verses are so applicable, that are so applicable, came through this evening. The original encourager became the encouraged. I love how a commitment by Mitch to humbly explore and embrace the mindset of Christ in the Bible with consistent obedience like Jesus has the result of a community encouragement and joy. And why? It wasn't because we got it right. It wasn't because each day some Bible verses were sent. It was because the result of that was a deeper relationship with God. So thank you, Mitch. Relationship with God. But also one another is pretty awesome. Celebrating Christ as Lord. I love how the song now ends with the celebration of the Lordship of Christ. They'll make sense in a moment. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus has gone from the lowest of lows, but now God elevates him to the highest of highs. What's your picture of Jesus now? Do you picture a Jewish man, his body beaten and broken, disfigured from the trauma of the cross? Do you picture a smiling European with long hair and a white robe? Perhaps you have a more Renaissance picture of Jesus. Again, somewhat rather European. We must remember Jesus Christ crucified. At communion, we we remember his body broken for us. But how do you picture Jesus? What's the image in your head? Paul directs our minds to Jesus Christ reigning as Lord. His authority unquestionable. His rule supreme. It's a picture with Jesus victorious, every knee bowed down before him, every tongue confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is the final outcome for the world. Christians have good reason to joyously celebrate. We long for the day when we see the fullness of Jesus as Lord. But also we are soberly reminded that not all will bow or confess Jesus as Lord joyously. Paul puts it this way later in his letter. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Picture the victory parade of a conquering Lord The enemies, they still bow, but begrudgingly. The conqueror is their judge, not their saviour. We celebrate Christ as Lord for our joy, but also so that others may share in this joy. Celebration is a powerful and effective advertising tool. But it's worth remembering. We do not celebrate the way the world does, with balloons and booze, with pride and parties. The way we see God exalted, God exalt Jesus in our lives is by embracing the mindset of Christ, by imitating the obedience of Jesus. And when people notice, and they will, When they notice the difference in our mindset, when they question the cause behind our obedient actions, then we celebrate. Again, not that we got it right, we celebrate Christ as our Lord with them. We need to become champions of celebrating Christ as Lord. This is our joyous mission. In many ways, it is our picture of eternity. Can I tell you one more story? It's a celebration story. Uh, Jump back, it's the last night of youth group last term. We're in the car park, we're just sending kids home. Then Xanthia, a grade 10 youth from our community, comes up and asks, can I volunteer in church? This is a Christ moment to celebrate. Xanthia is exploring and taking action on what it would look like for her to live a humble mindset of christ i'll be honest with you i don't yet know if xanthia celebrates christ as her lord i'm praying pray too but my hope for our church is that we will become champions of celebrating these christ moments what we celebrate is what we end up replicating These steps of obedience closer to the mindset of Christ, we need to celebrate and we need to replicate. Let us celebrate these steps when there are first steps like Xanthia, when they're continuing steps like Mitch, or when you get an encouraging call from Ted on a Saturday morning. They are the results of decades, almost a century, of faithful steps, of TED service to Christ. So what are you looking for to complete your joy? Let's together embrace the mindset of Christ, imitate the obedience of Christ, and celebrate Christ as our Lord. Let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, our hearts, they long for the complete joy that is found only in you. We see through servants like Paul, through your own son Jesus, a joy that we want, lasting, resilient joy, joy designed for eternity. Help us not to look to the things of the world to fulfill our joy. Help us instead to embrace the mindset of Christ, to imitate his obedience and celebrate Christ as our lord we pray in jesus name amen in the name of jesus every knee shall bow tongue-confessing King of glory. I love how this hymn works from that picture of an enthroned Christ and moves through to demonstrate how he humbled himself and how we then should respond to him and enthrone him in our hearts and lives and serve him as our Lord. So let's sing this beautiful old hymn together as we close our time